exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall! Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, Radio. 630 Shed. And off the faceoff, it's jammed up. And now Eichel will be joined by Reinhardt. Eichel heads for the net, right circle, backhander, he slid it wide. Rebound comes off the boards, two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net, backhander, short side, he scores! Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime! your final Edmonton leaves Western New York with two points once again the early score very early McDavid won Eichel nothing McDavid does it tonight for the Oilers scores in the first minute scores the overtime winner and the Oilers take it 2-1 in Buffalo thanks for tuning in tonight it is 840 Terry Peranich real estate team overtime open line from the Cabela's broadcast center we're going to get to the phone calls in about 30 seconds 780-496-0063 Rob Brown it was a player known for his speed, known for his fearlessness going to the net, who is able to do both those things on the game-winning goal. Well, he is. I mean, he got a great bounce in his own zone that allowed him to pick the puck up with full speed. And when he had full speed, uh, there's nothing the Buffalo defenders can do. They just back in, back in. They're afraid to stand up. If they stand up, it's a breakaway. And it wasn't a great shot. It was one that Lanner should have had. But when you're coming with that much speed, like McDavid is, it pushes the goaltender back. It pushes him off his angle a little bit, doesn't allow him to get his pad down in the position that he wants it to be down in, and it sneaks in. Uh, It was the McDavid factor tonight. You know, Jack Eichel tonight was good, but you could tell he was trying too hard. He was trying to do things himself as well. The, the, The goal that McDavid scored in overtime, Jack Eichel twice could have moved the puck to someone else, but he wanted something special to happen because it was him versus McDavid. And he and he was pushing too hard. He was trying too hard, and because of that, he throws a puck wide that allows McDavid to go in with speed, and the game is over. So it, it was billed as McDavid versus Eichel. It turned out to be a game of McDavid, and hopefully this is the start of many, many nights where uh, these two go head-to-head and McDavid ends out on top. Both McDavid and Eichel with five shots on goal. McDavid just named the Rookie of the Month for February. I would say he's the early favorite to win it in the month of March as he gets two tonight. Chris in Phoenix has given us a call. Chris, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, uh, great game tonight. So Before I comment on McDavid, uh, I want to congratulate Talbot because I think Talbot played a phenomenal game. And and this is a game that uh, in years past we probably would have lost because of our goaltending. And uh, Talbot has been—he's uh, been a, a great goalie uh, since uh, since about December. He's had a couple of bad games, but you know he's keeping us in there. He's making saves. He's—he the, the the signing that we did with him, you know, it's looking like a steal right now. If he keeps on playing like that, like this, you know, it's it's going to be amazing. Uh, as for uh, for McDavid, uh, can we uh, like petition for uh, the Oilers management to uh, bring his friends and family to like every game <laughs> that way you know he can play in front of them because it seems like he ratches he ratches the day I can't speak he uh, turns it up a notch when he's got people in the crowd that 
that he knows. And uh, as far as this, the hype between like McDavid and and, uh, and Eichel, I get it. I get the NHL. I get the broadcasters. Everyone kind of wants to up this thing. But to me, I don't really think there is much of a comparison. Eichel is a, is a good player, and he's, he he could he could turn into a great player. But McDavid is just on another level. It seems like when he wants to turn it up, when he wants to do it, it it's like he doesn't even have to try. He just does it. Uh, and, and and I can't wait till he actually decides to take over games just because he wants to because it seems like a lot of times a lot of games he wants to defer he wants to get his teammates involved a lot more which is which is awesome but eventually he's gonna have to just just stop and, and think and, and and be like you know i want to take this game over because i can i'm that good and uh great scrappy win can't wait to see maroon tomorrow uh this is like i called it yesterday this is the kind of games these are the kind of games that us oiler fans who have been dying with this team for the past 20 years, 30 years, want to see games like this, these scrappy games, the, the games where we're, we're fighting tooth and nail. And, uh, you know, great show. Uh, and uh, let's go in there. Chris, thanks for calling. Cam Talbot has stopped 133 of 139 shots over the last four games. Clearly tonight, it, it, it's, I mean, two teams that are well out of the playoffs. The previous three games for the Oilers, where they did play scrappy, were against Certainly, Anaheim and LA are playoff bound, and the Islanders should be. And and the again, Rob, the total score of the last four games. This is total score, so there's no Japanese Village goal light because it has to be five or more in a game. And then you can go to the Oilers page on 630ched.com and print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village. The locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. The total score in the last four games: seven six Oilers. Well, and, and that's what's. What makes what Cam Talbot's doing more impressive? You know, he's not stopped. You know, one thirty-three out of one thirty-seven. Is it one thirty-nine out of one thirty-nine? He's not doing that in six-one wins or eight-one wins. He he can't afford a mistake. He has to play perfect hockey right now. The Oilers aren't scoring a lot. They're scoring the one or two goals a game, so they're going to have to win games two-one. They're going to have to win games one-nothing. Things like that. Therefore, as a goaltender, you can't have a mistake. And you looked. Uh, tonight at the Buffalo Sabres, their goaltender was sensational. He makes one mistake and it's a loss. And when your team doesn't score very often, and neither of these teams do, then you've got to be perfect as a goaltender, and Cam Talbot has been that of late. Cam Talbot, the third star tonight, Robin Leonard, the second star, Connor McDavid obviously selected as the first star. He gets both goals in the Oilers' 2-1 overtime victory. We're going to give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. Well, I don't know. Are we going to give it to Brandon Davidson again? Maybe that Maybe that he gets a night off from being the, uh, the fourth star this evening. Well, you know what? Sakara. Had a good game tonight. He was plus two on, on the game. Had a couple great opportunities to win the hockey game. I thought that the, he got on late on the power play. The puck came to him at the point. I think, oh, here we go again. Overtime Sakara. He's going to get another <laughs> one of those points. But I thought he was solid in, uh, tonight. And, you know, we, he's been overshadowed as of late because Brandon Davidson has been so good. But Sekra was good tonight. Uh, and and if, you, if you don't want to go with him, I thought Taylor Hall also had a strong game for the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers win 2-1 in overtime over the Sabres. Their second straight victory as they start a four-game road trip. You can text us at 630-630. Uh, this person says, uh, Everly and Lander had better buy McDavid a beer after the game. Lander's lazy change cost the Oilers a goal. Everly's lazy bas- back check cost a goal. Need a full 60 minutes out of these guys. Good result, thanks to Talbot, but there are a few guys that need to step it up, and Everly is definitely one of them. I sure like the new guys out there, big, mean, 
bangers. Okay, well, th there are actually three points in there, so that's a good text because we wanted to hit on all of them. We'll, we'll go in order. He brought up the goal that the Oilers had disallowed, right right call. It was, yep. it was offside. Did you view that as a lazy change by nope. Lander? No, I, I didn't view it as a lazy change. He wasn't changing. He was coming out of the zone. He was tied up with a guy coming out of the zone. Uh, lazy is when you see that there is an opportunity and you just don't, you just blaze your way out of the zone. He was tied up. He, I don't think he had any idea where the puck was. That wasn't a lazy play. Everly, that was a bad play on Everly. He's got to back check harder. He knows that as soon as it happened. That one it is going to be shown by the coaching staff. Uh, I don't even think he had to be told about it on the bench because he knew it was well, a mistake. And he, and he was guilty of the same thing against Ottawa, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, something that's plagued a lot of the players on this team. And on that one, and, and okay, it, it is lazy by Everly, or wrong by Everly. He made a mistake. He screwed up. But i got to give credit, too, to Reinhardt. The way that Reinhardt made the pass, everyone let up a little bit because he, he made the big spinorama. Nobody was expecting what he did. So wrong on Everly, but good on the part of Sam Reinhardt to make that play that had everyone catch themselves for a second. Everyone except for O'Reilly was going to the net, and he put it in. All right, and what about uh, Party and Cracknell tonight? The texter also mentioned those, the, the new guys. Maroon did not play, by the way. A couple of people are asking on the text line. Uh, Cracknell was what you're going to get at a Cracknell. You're, he's going to play 10, 11 minutes. He's going to be hard on the forecheck. His skill set is limited. His try, uh, try or his hard work is always going to be evident. So I thought he was fine, and the fact that it's a fourth line guy with size is a benefit. And Party, I thought Party was fine. I and I've seen, I've, I remember watching Party a couple times when he's come through Edmonton in the past, and there were some games I thought he struggled. Tonight I thought he was fine. He was effective. And what I thought was pretty cool too about him is here's a guy who hasn't played very much at all this year, coming to a new team. And not afraid to jump in the play a couple times in the offensive zone. He's down going in front of the net. He's calling for the puck, uh, confident in his ability. So, yes, I thought the, the two new guys that played tonight both had strong games. Oilers pull out a 2-1 overtime victory in Buffalo. Rocket is first up on the phone lines. We'll have post-game reaction as well. And, by the way, Rocket won last game, so we're looking for somebody else to play finish the play tonight. 780-496-0063. From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Terry Peranich Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And now looking up ice, but falling down. Eichel makes a play, though, spinning, dishing off of Vander Kane, a shot as he came in. And a glove save made by Cam Talbot, who looks awfully composed between the pipes again tonight. He certainly was, and that's your save of the game for Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Talbot gets his second straight victory as the Oilers knock off the Sabres 2-1 in overtime. Talbot finishing the night with 31 saves. We got Rocket on the line, and then Mike is going to finish the play. I just quickly want to read a question from a texter, and this is a great question. I quickly tried to Google it during the break. Nothing came up. Uh, who sent it in here? I want to give the person credit. Farmer Bob. What's the most amount of time between two goals by one player in the same regular season game? McDavid's goals were 63 minutes and 20... Uh, now I lost my notes. 63 minutes and 26 seconds apart. They were like... It's hard. I mean, it can't be more than 60... 
They were two well, hours and two hours and forty minutes apart well, too. Well, right, <laughs> right. But that, that's a great question because you think off the opening face-off, it's going to take at least six seconds to score a goal, and then you can't. You could score with one second left in the game, so it couldn't be more than about sixty-four fifty-three for argument's yeah. sake. It, it, I, yeah, I that's agree. That's a great question. It, I, it's got to be a record, I, I would think. It, I, don't, I mean, the, I, I've, I've heard so many different things throughout the year, stats, records, all these things, eh, for the most mundane things. So I imagine that somebody somewhere has tracked this, yeah. and we will see it somewhere written tomorrow in one of the papers. But yeah, that is an absolutely great question, and it was a long, long time between goals, but two very important goals. All right. Oilers win 2-1 in overtime. We have Rocket on the line. It's 8.55. Hey, Rocket. Hey, how you doing, guys? Yeah, we're doing well. It depends if it's a regular season game no, or an overtime right. game. No, the texture specifically said regular season, which is it, it would have to be because overtime is, is playoff overtime is a different beast. Yeah. Okay. Um, if if you were to get Petrangelo and, and Milan Lucic, would you trade Eberle and whoever? For Petrangelo? Get, yeah. And both of them, Lucic. Yeah, they're on different. They're on different teams, though. You, no, I know, I know. It'd be two separate deals. But Lucic is going to be an unrestricted free agent. You wouldn't have to trade for him if the Oilers acquire him. It won't be through trade. So would you have to free up cap space? Well, they will. I mean, Nikitin plus Ferrant, Ferrant plus whoever. They'll they'll yeah. have some cap space. Because I look yeah. at this lineup and I look at the way Shirelli's building it, and, and I like Eberle. Don't get me wrong. I think he's I think he's a great player, but I think if you're if you're going size, go size. And I think he's I think he's the odd man out. You're not trading Hopkins because he's a center. To say, well, you know what? I I don't say never say never on that. You got to think of what you can get in return when you're trading players away. I mean, the Oilers. You what the Oilers need is a top two defenseman, and they need a top six forward that's big and can put the puck in the net. Every other team in the NHL is looking for that. It's at a premium. So trading Jordan Everly is not going to get you Peter Angelo. Uh, it, and he's probably not going to get you... Trading Jordan Everly is not going to get you a big, strong, physical forward that scores as much as him either. Because but would Everly and Picks get you that? Mm, possibly. Possibly, Everly but... plus some other things maybe, yeah. But, I mean, you're trading for something that everyone else wants. I mean, well, I, this is it, it, this is the problem that Peter Shirelli has. He, the Oilers, you have what they an abundance of it. If you get if you get if you get Lucci, you Lucci, and you free up that cap. Yeah, well, I mean, and there's if lots you're, to talk about that for some reason. I yeah, why, but I mean, well, everyone wants everyone in Edmonton would love to have him. But if you're Milan Lucic, why are you picking Edmonton over all the other places? Well, because you have McDavid and. Well, wherever he goes, he's going to play. Wherever Lucic goes, he's going to play. The coach that's starting to build something. Yeah, but I mean, there's other teams that are much closer to a Stanley Cup championship than the Edmonton Oilers are. Well, true, but I mean, Rob Secker picked Edmonton. Yes, yes, Secker's not the same as Lucic, though. He was a well last summer. He was the best defenseman out there for free agency. Well, but still, there's a big difference between Milan Lucic and Secker, I believe. And Milan Lucic, uh, he's going to have way more, I believe, suitors than Secker is going to that Secker had. I think if he's a free agent, if he becomes who, if uh, Lucic becomes a free agent, if even if the Kings don't resign him, I mean the Kings want to resign him. That's they've talked about that. They want to resign him. Mm. But I mean, yeah, I mean he'd be, he'd be great for the Oilers to get someone like Lucic. The problem is everyone that the that's out there that is worth signing, everyone in the league is going to try and sign them. Lucic and Maroon would be just that'd be in Cassian. 
you know, with all the size now, it would be just be awesome. Love to see it. Yeah, well, it's clearly that's what uh, Shirelli wants. And, and I mean, look, Rocket, you're uh, I, I think you're on point that. Uh, uh, and you have to give up somebody, right? So right. I mean, Petrangelo makes. Man, that's a winger, not a centerman. Petrangelo makes six and a half. Everly makes six. So the Oilers would actually be taking on a little bit of salary there. So, I mean, Bo Meester signed long term. Shattenkirk, they're going to have to uh, re sign in a couple summers. I mean, certainly, I, I, I would look at that for and, sure. But does Peter Angelo have a no-trade clause? No, I don't think so. No? Not until uh, a couple of years. Not until 17, 18. Well, he might want to fire his agent then. Rocket, thanks for calling, man. <laughs> uh, can we quickly do finish the play before the news, Matthew? Okay, Mike is going to play. Mike, you've already won 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. If you are correct, you qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Go ahead, Matthew. And McDavid, as a result of the injury to Benoit Pouliot, starts this game with a shot that's blocked. Here's McDavid getting a give-and-go back in. Right at the start of the game, Mike, goal or no goal? Uh, goal. Let's go, Matthew. And McDavid, as a result of the injury to Benoit Pouliot, starts this game with a shot that's blocked. Here's McDavid getting a give-and-go. Backhander score! And Connor McDavid has scored 22 seconds into the first game he'll play against Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres. There we go. Mike, hang on the line so Matthew can take your information. You win. The Oilers win 2-1 in overtime. We're back after the news. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team, overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So Connor McDavid now has 31 points in 27 games. He passes Ryan Nugent Hopkins to be the Oilers' fifth leading scorer this season. Nugent Hopkins has played 18 more games. McDavid with both. The Oilers knock off the Sabres 2-1 in overtime. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. It is 9.06. We're going to go straight back to the phones, and we have Ryan on line three. Hey, Ryan, thank you for calling. Hey, how are you? Doing great. So I just wanted to say that I think I think uh, McDavid won the first battle between him and uh, Eichel there. And uh, I'm just wondering, is Luke Gazdick ever going to get back into the lineup? I think he should against Philly because they're a big team. So, you know, Broad Street bully, bullies, you got to get some tough guys in there. Um, I mean, they brought him up. I don't think they brought him up just to sit out. So he's going to eventually play a game, I would imagine. I don't know if it's Philadelphia or not. They think the first player they want to get in is Maroon. He's the guy they just traded for from Anaheim. They want to get him some, some game. Uh, and to do to get Gazdick and that means they're going to have to pull two forwards out. And I just don't know if they're going to do that right away. It, it, it's hard. Most coaches don't like changing lineups at all when a team wins. And they're going to have to change because Maroon's going in. So I would, not, I would be a little surprised if Gazdick was in the lineup. But he eventually will get in some games just for the simple fact, why bring him up if you're going to sit him in the stands? Who do you see Patrick Maroon playing with? I don't see him alongside McDavid because... No, I think they'll take Packer in and out and maybe they'll put him with Lander and Korpakoski or with uh, Latestu and Hendricks and, and bump Cracknell around. That's so Yakupov was quiet again tonight like normal, so I'm just wondering, does, does he get shifted down in the lineup and somebody moves up or do they leave him where he's at? Or has he got that... Looked like they hit face on face there in the third period. I don't know with the defenseman, but is he 
Is he good to go still? Uh, or? Yeah, he played after. He's fine. I believe that he'll be back with the same line next game. I think uh, they're going to give him an opportunity. I think one game is not an opportunity. One game is just a game. I think they'll give him a few games. I, I don't think he was great, and I don't think he was awful. I think he was just okay. And I think that they're going to give him a little consistency with that line to see if he can click. So I would imagine, unless something drastic changes during the next game, but to start the game, I, I, I see Yakupov playing with McDavid and Eberle again. Two goals tonight for the Oilers. That means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Thanks to Booster Juice for that. They're an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 50 bucks for every Edmonton goal all season long. Track the total on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Quick text message here. Uh, by the way, a few people have texted in about Yakupov, so you just gave the assessment there, Rob, because Ryan asked about it on the line as well. Uh, Sam G says, uh, Hi guys, the last four games the Oilers played incredibly well, even though they lost the first two, and today was a great ending. Sam says, Remember I texted you earlier saying that I didn't expect them to win any games until today, and to my surprise they won the last game against a good Islanders team. Um, Today... uh, game today's game and the ending you can imagine how much i enjoyed it since i didn't expect them to win that is from sam g sam g text inside sports quite a bit too i know sometimes he prepares himself for the worst so then he's pleasantly <laughs> surprised if, if something uh, something good happens that's okay it was more than a pleasant surprise tonight. it was an exciting surprise at the end of the game you know when the oilers didn't score on their power play in overtime all of a sudden you start thinking oh god you know i think we missed our opportunity but as I said, the timeout that Dan Bilesma called allowed Connor McDavid to stay out for an extended two-minute-plus shift, and he still had some skating legs in him as he goes end-to-end and scores a beautiful goal to win the game. And speaking of overtime, Rob, that's our adjustment of the game brought to you by Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Slight change at the start there. Yeah, at the start of the overtime, it's normally... Uh, McDavid plays with Eberly and Hall plays with Drysaddle. The start of the overtime tonight, Drysaddle and Hall were together, and 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 did have they created a few things. Eventually, the others got on the power play, weren't able to capitalize, but they had the Buffalo Sabers reeling. It was all going Edmonton's way, and Edmonton eventually scores the game-winning goal in a very exciting final five, six minutes of a hockey game. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a two-minute break. When we get back, we have Matt on the open line, and you will hear from Connor McDavid as the Oilers take down the Sabres 2-1. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid gets two, 22 seconds into the game, and then he ends it in overtime. The Oilers get out of Buffalo with a 2-1 win. Cal O'Reilly with the only Buffalo goal came with 10.54 left in the third. Sam Reinhart and uh, former Oil King Mark Pesic getting the assists on that one. We're going to get to McDavid's postgame right away, but first, Matt, thanks for holding. Matt, you're before Connor McDavid. That must feel pretty good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I this will probably be the only time in my life, I guess. So I, should, <laughs> I should be happy about it. I doubt. Yeah, maybe death because I am a bit older than him. That's the only. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, um, I was just commenting on the Milan Lucic um, discussion. So, guy mentioned that earlier, and I guess I just wanted to say I really hope the Oilers don't sign him this off season 
And it's not that he's the type of player that couldn't benefit this roster. He really could. It's just he's at that age where players of those types start breaking down. And we look at Ryan Callahan and Clarkson and others. It just It's a scary proposition, and I really hope management thinks long and hard about it before giving a guy like him term, kind of that big bruising winger who has skill, and he's a hell of a player, but just two years out from now, I'm just afraid of what that contract can be. Matt, I, I think that's a very... A, a very fair point mm-hmm. because he is uh, he'll turn 28 this summer if you could sign yeah. him for two or three years that's great but we know what UFAs want they want five six seven right oh, and, and then it's his right to right yeah like for sure to get paid and I don't blame the guy at all like if I was in his position I was 28 and the league wanted me heck yeah I'm gonna ask six years and seven million maybe but it's just those are the contracts that really hurt teams' ability to do what they need to do to win come, you know, at a deadline or something like that. Like, you got to hope, really, the only thing you got to hope for is Columbus doesn't have another insured, uninsured <laughs> contract, really. Yeah, I mean, the great, so, great points by you. Absolutely great points. Yeah. So, that, but, that's it. Um, I like Milan Lucic a lot. Great player, just not what this team needs right now. I'd rather have guys like Pat Maroon and Zach Cassian fill up the roster than him. Matt, so, thanks for calling, man. Thanks a lot. And, Reed, thanks a lot for all the work you've done in Lloyd in the years. Really appreciate it, and it's good to hear you on the radio and doing good. Oh, I really appreciate that, Matt. Have a good night. You awesome. have you got... Too. Take care. You've Bye. got fans everywhere. Well, I worked in Lloydminster. It's not you, just random uh, fans. Well, actually, <laughs> are we? Uh, my son's team just played the other day, and he mentioned that there was a sign, home, home of Reed Wilkins on the way into town. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Statue of you, little <laughs> microphone. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Norm, uh, you are up next on the phones, but we promised you Connor McDavid post game. Here it is. And you said this was just going to be just another game. You score the first, you score the last, you do so in overtime in this highly anticipated contest. Describe your emotions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, anytime you can score the overtime goal, it feels good. Um, and to do it in front of friends and family, it uh, feels even better. But doing so against Jack Eichel and the Sabres and all of us media types looking forward to this game, and you take over, set the tone, and you finish it. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, that's not a big deal. Um, you know, uh, like I keep saying, this game was a big deal for me because it was in front of friends and family, and um, you know, that uh, just feels good to get the win uh, you know, in front of them. What was it to open the scoring the way you did? Uh, um, I, I guess the, the final goal, just the sneaky backhander, and, and what you were thinking and what you saw in that play. Uh, I didn't really see too much. Uh, you know, I was on the back check, and um, you know, the puck kind of swings around, and. Um, had a lot of speed, so I just thought I'd try and get it on net, and it was a fortunate goal. So. You don't you don't seem to think that this moment, you know, to do this tonight with a lot of attention on you, might not mean anything. Um, I mean to say it doesn't mean anything. I mean it, it would be different, but you know I think it's it's not because anything else other than it being Buffalo front of my friends and family and, and uh, you know, a big win for us. I think it's important for us in, in this next month to, to have something to keep playing for. I mean, uh, so. Plenty of boys from Erie tonight, obviously, here in the crowd getting a front row seat to that. What's going to be the messages like tonight from them after seeing that performance? Pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to see them. Um, it's going to be really fun to, to see them for a while. I haven't seen them for a while, so um, it's going to be cool. Kind of what was the frustration level on the power play in overtime? You guys had so many chances, the puck were just bouncing off sticks. I mean, how tough was that to take? Yeah, I think uh, 
it being overtime, the ice is never very good. So I think, you know, we try to get a little too cute sometimes, and um, you know that happens. But you know, we for sure should have had some some uh, some better luck there. But most um, way it goes. And yeah. were your teammates saying anything about your performance tonight? What were they saying? To you? Uh, no, not really. I think it's just a. Another game for them to, to you know, celebrate. It's, it's an overtime win, and, and anytime you do that, it's, uh, it's always emotional. It's always exciting. So I think uh, that's the main thing. What were you thinking when Jack was going down the ice in overtime? Better get back. I think uh, you know, he, was, he had a lot of speed, made a nice move there, too. So um, you know, I think uh, anytime those two, especially uh, you know, Jack and, and having Sam on the ice as well, I think uh, you know, they, they, were gonna ba they were bound to create something. So, um, yeah. Was there anything uh, no, not really. I think uh, it's probably better that way. Um, you know, probably just feeding into the the whole media thing. If, if you know we're giving each other taps out there or anything like that, so um, yeah, there was no, nothing. Is it one that probably both of you are perhaps both of you are happy to put in the rearview mirror now? Oh, for sure. I, I know. I'm definitely excited to get out of Buffalo and, and move on to. Um, you know, the next game. Um, yeah, yeah they're, they're tough to read. Uh, it's hard to, to read where they're going to come off or, or when, really. So, um, you know, it's just uh, thought it'd be best to get it on that. I mean, um, you know, we didn't really have too much going um, you know, on that rush, so shoot it. Family means so much to you. You already talked about it a little bit already, but when you scored that first goal, were you looking for them right away? What was going through your head? <laughs> no, you don't. No, that's not. Eight years old again. When you're looking for your family in the crowd, it's just you know you know they're here and you know they're supporting you. So um, yeah. It doesn't get much better. Than that. So much talk about your playmaking. Is there a doubt in your mind that you don't take that I mean, there wasn't really much to, to give up. There was uh, not a whole lot of people around me. So um, you know maybe Leon was there for the drop pass, but not a lot of speed and. Um, the D was turning, so I figured I might as well just try and, and take it there. Well, it worked. Backhand winner for Connor McDavid. Some uh, modest post-game comments after he gets both goals in the Oilers' 2-1 overtime victory. I, I think he's learned over the number of years to be modest after big games where he's been the star, and he just, he just runs with it. Uh, I think he's a player that expects these things to happen. He's worked hard. He's immensely talented. He's had a career of success at every uh, at every level, and I think that he expects it to happen. Not in a cocky or conceited, or he's just in a very calm. Well, he knows he has to work yeah, for it. Yeah, he does, and he, he's confident in his abilities, and and he knows that uh, when the puck's on his stick, good things can happen. So, uh, yeah, he he says all the right things. He 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 he's a pro when it comes to that. He's a veteran when it comes to what to say to the media. It's always always the right things. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Norm standing by. Norm, you are after Connor McDavid. My apologies. <laughs> oh no problem. Um, Connor McDavid. Wow, that was like an Oscar acceptance speech or something in the sense of. Uh, all the reporters and everything they had to say. Uh, I'd also like to say that Rob Brown is the greatest hockey analyst in uh, the whole industry. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, Rob, you are. And, you know, the Connor McDavid show is really great. Uh, I'll get to the reason I called in, but, I mean, uh, it is like Gretzky. Uh, the, the hype and the... Um, 
the all of these connections you can make with everything that he does that uh, goes on throughout the game, like he makes it happen, and the magic is there. So it's really cool. But the reason I called in is I wanted Rob's opinion if he had any on tweaking this lineup with what we have now, uh, just moving forward. We all know where we're going. Uh, if you have any any suggestions of who you'd pair up to someone else that, that isn't where they are now. You mean what players to bring in or just what you would do with the lineup that we have right now? No, no, just with the team now. Just if you switch up the lines. Well, if I switch up the lines, I, I think I would eventually put Maroon with McDavid and Eberle. I think I'd like to see what... I mean, right now you got Cassian with Dreisaitl and Hall, so they got a, they got some toughness on that line. I'd like to see what Maroon... Maroon had success playing with Getzlaff and Perry in Anaheim. And he's a big body presence that goes straight to the net. And if he's playing with skilled players, when he goes to the net, that creates space. And if McDavid has any more space than he already has, he's going to be magic out there. So I think eventually you're going to see that at some point. They want they need size in their top six. And Maroon gives them size. Uh, as far as other things, I mean, the bottom six are, is what it is. They, I, I think they, they want to fix some things. They're going to find some things in the summer, some players to plug in there. Uh, I mean, I thought Cracknell wasn't bad. He's going to be a fourth-line guy, 8 to 10 minutes, but he brings size. I think the prob- the thing the Oilers have missed in the for a long time is when your top two lines aren't on the ice and you got your third and fourth line out there, you've got nothing that anyone fears. You don't have skill that's going to score goals. You don't have big, mean toughness that's going to uh, intimidate or... Or, or create a forecheck through through physical play, so it's kind of blah. They just they just there's nothing there. So I think that's what you want to change. This right now they don't have it in the lineup to be able to do it. Thanks, Norm. Appreciate the call, man. Did you have okay, anything well, else? Nope, that's good. Have okay. a good night. Bye. Okay, cool. Nine twenty three seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers over the Sabers two one in overtime. The Oilers win their twenty fourth game of the year matching their total from all of last season. Well, you knew that there was going to be improvements this year. I think at times when you look at where they are in the standings, you question how much the improvement was. But the others, uh, what we've seen as of late is an improvement over last year. And now when you see that they're going to buy or surpass their win total of last year, I mean, that is a... It's good, but I don't think it's going to completely... It's not enough improvement. Yeah, it's not going to completely color the rosy when you start thinking of where you expected them to be. Yeah, and I mean, look, if you're a fan of the Oilers and you come home after work or you watch the game on TV or listen to us, you want your favorite team to win. Mm -hmm. But beating another team out of the playoffs, we take. I mean, same thing we said after they beat the Leafs 5-2. You should be able to beat them. You should beat... I mean, if Edmonton played Toronto 10 times, I would hope they won 8 given the way the, the rosters are for the two teams right now. Buffalo, maybe the gap isn't that large, but, but uh, you know, they're going to play Columbus, who's out of it. So I think, you know, I, I have Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports every week, and I had him on last week after they were coming off the, the stinky homestand, and he, and he said, well, he goes, who knows what's, who's going to play a lot of the games, who knows what the roster is going to be like, the opponents are going to vary in their intensity. So I'm going to judge, this is what Kelly said, I'm going to judge the Oilers on their work ethic and their attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Four games since we talked to Kelly, I'd give them passing grades in work ethic and attention to detail. 
Well, absolutely. Overall. Yeah, absolutely. And especially from where it was, the improvement uh, is immense. Now, I'm going to quote, not, not by word, but what Todd McCullen said. I mean, those aren't things that you hope to have. Those are things you expect. A, a good worth a good worth ethic. Well, that's. The thing. I, I mean, I mean, those are those aren't things. Well, okay, good. Look at they're working hard tonight. That's good. I mean, that's that should be an automatic. And for stretches of this season, it wasn't. And I think that's why Oiler Faithful has been felt left down, let down at times this year, is because not that they weren't good enough. They just didn't try hard enough in a lot of those games earlier in the year. Yeah. Well, and that's what we were saying earlier in the season. The effort should be consistent. Execution yep. won't be because nope. there's a lot of things that, that go mm-hmm. into it. The other team, a bad bounce, a bad call. But your effort should be there the large majority of the time. Uh, I want to catch up on some text messages here. This texture says, Aginla didn't break down. I would love to see Lucic here. Swift Arrow says, Oilers with gritty four games in a row. They won two of them. I like the toughness mixed with the skill. I think McDavid will win Rookie of the Year. That's from Swift Arrow. And Andrew says, did anyone see Matt Hendricks when McDavid won the game in overtime? Everyone came off the bench to celebrate with McDavid, which is fine. But Hendricks went off the bench and cheered with Talbot. Great to see the team play with an honest effort. That is from Andrew. Actually, I'm pretty sure Hendricks does that almost every time he goes to the goaltender first, which is good because sometimes through the excitement, you forget about the goalie who kept you in all night long. Good on Hendricks. Oilers take it 2-1 over the Sabres in overtime. You will hear from head coach Todd McClellan when we get back. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team, Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. And off the face-off, it's jammed up. And now Eichel will be joined by Reinhardt. Eichel heads for the net, right circle, backhander, and he slid it wide. Rebound comes off the boards, two-on-two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net, backhander, short side, he scores! Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime! Two-to-one is your final. Edmonton leaves Western New York with two points once again. Two-one the final in OT, as you heard Jack Michaels call it. Oilers over Sabres. They win their second in a row. The Oilers have allowed only six goals in their last four games. They've only scored seven, but they've gone 2-1-1 and over that four-game stretch. Back to Buffalo. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. So much discussion about McDavid versus Eichel, but maybe focusing on Connor. What you saw out of him tonight, the way he kind of started and finished the game? Well, he played a big league game. Um, to get us going right off the bat, I thought Jordan made a, a great play to create the turnover, and then he finished. And uh, you know, to have the ability to get him back on the ice after their timeout, he was a little bit tired, and that was important that he got the rest and scored the winner. Um, I thought, you know, 15 and 97 were probably the two best players on the ice tonight, um, and that's a real positive both for Buffalo and their future, and ours in Edmonton and the league. And we talked about that this morning. It's they're fun players to watch, and uh, they didn't disappoint tonight by any means. That's the typical goal, though. He's right at the end of overtime. He's already worked over on the power play in the overtime. You don't get it, and then one last rush, he scores the goal. Yeah, it, it, it's almost ironic because um, Eichel had an opportunity to go wide with speed and, and on his backhand and 
just goes wide. Connor picks the puck up and does the same thing going the other way. So, um, you know, big time players, big goals. Um, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more from uh, from Connor and and probably Jack as well. Nice. New guys. Uh, I thought they uh, they entered our environment, our team, under real difficult circumstances, and did a really good job. Um, you know, their uh, their input to the game into the game allowed us to uh, to be successful, and we're we're happy for them. Teammates accepted them really well. Um, you can see the size and strength helped a little bit. So um, a good night for them and a good night for the group as a whole. All right, that is Todd McClellan as his Oilers outlast the Sabres 2-1 in OT. Tonight, uh, as I mentioned, the Oilers now 24-34-7 on the season. Last year they finished 24-44-14, and 14, so they have uh, as many wins as all of last year. And uh, they have, uh, what are we at here? Five fewer points, or pardon me, seven fewer points than they finished with from all of last season. I mean, clearly they'll finish ahead of last season in terms of points. I don't know where they're going to finish in terms of the standings. They are 29th overall, now just a point behind both uh, the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets, three points back of the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, those teams not going to the postseason. Got a text here from uh, Topher Allen who says, by adding more grit and size to the lineup and going against everything the Della Whites stand for, is the recent improvement in team play proving the fallacy of fancy stats? I'll take hard-nosed hockey over clipboard hockey any day. That is from Topher Allen. I mean, Topher Allen, I, I, I haven't changed my view much on the advanced stats and, and the Corsi much ever since I really learned about them. I, I think they can be a useful tool. I, I think it's extremely dangerous to overvalue their impact. I, I actually think they have value in perhaps finding differences between bottom-end forwards, third and fourth liners, probably specifically fourth liners. Um, and, and I think you also have, besides just the Corsi, I think, I think you have to consider the Corsi in combination with zone starts and things like that and face-off percentage if you're talking about a center. Um, I don't care what Connor McDavid's Corsi is, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, it's probably usually going to be good. But, I mean, so what if he would have had a Corsi under 50% tonight? He got both goals and he won the game. So, I mean, all you have to do is watch the guy that noted he's good. I think there it may reveal some things about depth players that maybe aren't visible to the naked eye. But, I mean, it, it, it's a team. It's how things go in combination. Was Patrick Maroon having a great season with Anaheim? No, he wasn't. Could he possibly fit here better into the lineup in Edmonton? Yeah, possibly. It's also possible maybe you won't, but but I mean that's that's why it's a team, and and, and I, I think sometimes some of the advanced ads people um, use it too much to value an individual rather than how he fits into the team. That's what I'll say about that, Topher Allen. I wanted to read one of your texts tonight. Okay, the Oilers win it two one in overtime. Do we have Jordan Eberle? Can we quickly get the Eberle in Matthew before we go? Uh, I know he uh, he let his check go, didn't back check hard enough on the Buffalo goal. Here's Eberle. 
Uh, he, he's, he's just, like I said, he's so fast. He's, he pushes defenders back and um, he's able to make a lot of plays that maybe a lot of us can't. So, um, you know, that's a perfect example of, uh, of his speed there and, and uh, you know, his deception to shoot there. Obviously going into this game, you know, the media made a big deal about him, Eichel, the first time. Do you think it's nice for all of you to be able to move on, you know, past the uh, the matchup and focus on the rest of the games? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure he is, for sure. There's a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, there's a lot of media, a lot of attention on this game just because of that matchup. But, um, you know, obviously I think in his mind he's probably worried more about the two points, and we got that, and, and I'm sure he's happy to move on. Yeah, the Oilers do get their second straight victory, a rare road victory for this team. They are 8-20-5 now away from Rexall Place. All right, so that'll do it for tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We've been in the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have Inside Sports from 6 to 9. Kelly Rudy will be on the show, and we'll have a brand-new featured guest on Living the Dream. The studio producer this evening has been the incomparable Matthew Panashik. Sid Smith is the executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Oilers take it over the Sabres 2-1 in overtime. McDavid both goals. Have a great night.